WEEI Studios, 93.7, WEEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. This hour of the Rich Keith Show is brought to you by FindMassMoney.gov. It's fast, it's easy, it's free. The Rich Keith Show. Here we go. You're now rocking with the Rich Keith Show on your radio. You got the chronicles from a topical, comical, and knowledgeable Boston sports talker, dropping in hotter than a tropical climate. Breaking news, he supplies it, and you want the truth? Scoops Keith will find it. He's talking about all the sports, and he's also a hashtag dork. And the father of two sweet daughters, the leader of your squad for you evening marauders and night commuters. Tune in and sit tight, 6 to 10, more like 6 to midnight. Ow, the mic's hot on the Night's Watch crew. Celtics, Bruins, Pats, and Red Sox too. Doing this since the Rich Keith Project. Now we've got podcasts and Twitch stream content. KWFE on WEEI. It's the Rich Keith Show, so here's your guy. All right, welcome into a Friday night edition of the Rich Keith Show here. Here on WEEI, taking you up until 9 o'clock tonight. The uh, Boomer Esiason National uh, Football Show runs through the Super Bowl. But we got you for three hours tonight. You can join us at any time. 617-779-7937. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Rich Keefe Show. You can watch the program. Just go to twitch.tv slash Boston WEEI. And uh, we got a lot to talk about all of a sudden. We got some big Red Sox news, which is perfect. Told you. It's full throttle Friday. It's full throttle Friday, so at 7 o'clock, we're going to talk about some Red Sox, and it really was a uh, pretty major uh, news today involving the one and only Theo Epstein. You see Bradford was like kind of tweeting about it a little earlier? That's right. He uh, he had eyeball emojis on Twitter, so yep. I was like, oh, that better be something. And uh, no, not Jordan Montgomery, not Blake Snell, not a trade for Dylan Cease, but uh, Theo Epstein joining the uh, the ownership group, so we can talk about what all that means if you have any uh, strong opinions on it, I am all ears. But let's start where we started yesterday's program. That would be new Patriots offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt. It's been about 24 hours since he has been uh, hired. How are you feeling about it? If you if you dug into it a little bit, done a little research on uh, one Alex Van Pelt? Because yesterday, uh, Andy Hart was in. He was not a fan of it. That's putting it very nicely. I, too, am not a fan of it. I still feel like something something's off. Something's off with the whole thing. So they went through like an incredible search. They talked to at least a dozen uh, candidates. Most of them probably shouldn't have been candidates. You're talking about like obscure QB coaches, tight end coaches. And it was not a who's who of offensive coordinators. It's not like they interviewed Cliff Kingsbury, Arthur Smith, uh, you know, Shane, I guess they did get Shane Waldron in there, but like, it's not like they went through all these guys that had been head coaches or offensive coordinators, like big, big name guys. They, it was a lot of tight end coaches. It was a lot of Shanahan McVay in which I think was the right kind of tree to be barking up. Be like, all right, you, you coached with Shanahan, you coached with McVay. Do you know how to run that offense? Can you teach that offense? Let's go. That's sort of where the league is going. You look at Miami, you look at Green Bay, you look obviously at the Niners and the Rams. That seems like something that you might want to model it after. Copycat league, sure, but you can uh, get success. And with a quarterback, which is going to be the most important thing. 
So they interview all these guys. We hear all the names. Every Tom, Dick, and Harry that they, they, they brought in here, we heard about. And then, out of nowhere, team's bringing in Alex Van Pelt. Like, Alex Van Pelt? This guy, I didn't even know he got an interview. And they were very open. I shouldn't say they were open. I was just saying, like, uh, reporters were all over all the different guys. And we had a whole long list. We went over them every night. Like, hey, you like Tanner Angstrom? You a big fan of uh, Clint Kubiak? We went through all those names. And then Alex Van Pelt, who was an offensive coordinator uh, in the league, they didn't interview a lot of guys with offensive coordinator experience. And by offensive coordinator experience, I mean by title. Like, what does it say on his LinkedIn page? It says offensive coordinator. A lot of offensive coordinators in the league, including him, don't call plays. I don't think it's a huge knock on him necessarily. That was a big, you know, when Doug Peterson uh, got the job and then when Frank Reich got the job and all these guys are like, they never call plays. Like, that's Andy Reid. So you're in the Andy Reid tree, didn't call plays. But, you know, Peterson was able to win a Super Bowl and have success. So guys have been able to do it, go other places, and uh, be okay. However, I guess saying that he's an offensive coordinator and how he has all this more experience than, say, a tight ends coach or a QB's coach, perhaps that's a little misleading, I guess. But he's been in the league a long time. You know, football fans would certainly remember him just being in the league as a quarterback forever ago. And then he's been coaching over, I think, 20 years, they said. He was an offensive coordinator all the way back in the day in uh, 09 with Dick Jerron and the Buffalo Bills and one of the worst offenses in football. That was a long time ago. I'm not saying, ah, it's a bad hire because of that. But you just look at his resume, and we were joking about last night how rather than going Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan route, they went Dick Jerron coaching tree, which I didn't do the research on. Not to be fair to Dick Jerron, I didn't go through all the names on, on his tree. Maybe there's some studs in there. But so we went through the coaches that he has coached under because he's bounced around. He's, he's been with the Bills, the Bucks, the Packers, and then most recently the Browns. So that includes uh, Dick Duron, Raheem Morris, when Raheem Morris was a really young coach back in the day with the Bucks, uh, Mike McCarthy. He was in Cincinnati for two years, and he was there for Marvin Lewis's last year and then Zachary Taylor's first year, and then Kevin Stefanski. So that's a pile of coaches. And I was just looking up the quarterbacks because he's been mainly a quarterback coach. I think he's like a running back coach at one point. Uh, and then obviously offensive coordinator as well. But he's been a quarterback coach throughout his career. And looking at the quarterbacks that he spent the most time with, uh, 08, 09 with the Bills, it was Trent Edwards and Ryan Fitzpatrick. The Tampa Bay Bucks in 10 and 11, Josh Freeman. Josh Freeman kind of burned hot there. I think he had a good game once. Uh, the Green Bay Packers, obviously it's Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he was there from 14 to 19, as far as, at least working with the quarterback. I think he was actually there 12 to 19, but working with the quarterbacks was 14 to 19. Everybody seems to like him. Like, that's one thing that you can say. Like, he's, he's well-liked. Like, okay. So he also joined Aaron Rodgers post-Super Bowl. He wasn't on the Super Bowl team or on the staff for the Super Bowl team. Rodgers had already been a Hall of Famer. The fact that Aaron Rodgers likes him, I don't think is the greatest uh, like feather in the cap because Aaron Rodgers loves Nathaniel Hackett. And Nathaniel Hackett might be the worst. Nathaniel Hackett would have been a worse hire than Alex Van Pelt. So just because Rodgers likes him, I don't know if that's the, the be-all, end-all. There was also those two years in Green Bay. Like Green Bay normally just rolls out of bed and makes the playoffs. There was two years there where they didn't make the playoffs. One of the years was when Aaron Rodgers got hurt, and it was Brett Hundley for a lot of action. 
and he was a part of that team. And then the last four years with the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield, Jacoby Brissett, the whole Deshaun Watson uh, experiment, and then uh, Joe Flacco, obviously, when he came in and went to the playoffs. Another thing you hear about him from everybody is that they loved him in Cleveland. They were surprised that he got fired in Cleveland. Everybody's a fan. But the last couple of spots that he was at, both Kevin Stefanski and Mike McCarthy are offensive coaches. So it's difficult to know just how much an offensive coordinator who doesn't call plays does and how much of a uh, you know imprint they have on the offense. I mean, the same thing can be said for have they brought in Zach Robinson or Nick Cayley? Like I, I viewed both of those guys as better options strictly because of the McVay thing. And maybe I just have my blinders on. I, I just want somebody from the Rams tree or from the Niners tree. But the same thing can be said there. You're like, well, isn't that all Sean McVay? Except for the fact that we've seen guys leave, guys kind of spin off. And, you know, whether it be Mike McDaniel or whether it's Matt LaFleur or whoever, like Bobby Slowick, like we've seen guys leave those trees and, and have good offenses. So I still don't feel great about it. Maybe you guys out there have sort of talked yourself into it. I was reading some of the comments today. I know like the Patriots, they they posted, you know, all three coordinators who have been hired. And people aren't loving it. Yeah, you know, their social media was active today. It was. A lot of people think Alex Van Pelt looks like Stingray from Cobra Kai. I'm not a big Cobra Kai guy. Okay. Uh, Jamie Ta- the uh, Jamie Taco episode from I Think You Should Leave. Uh, the guy who played Richard Jewell. In the film, yeah, you'll 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 love I, this guy. I, yeah, he's I'm an actor. Right. I forget his name, but he's in a ton of stuff. The guy, the guy looks like that. The guy looks like a guy I'd want to have a beer he with. He does. I don't know if that helps us or no. not. But. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, if he wants to chop it up on a Friday night in here, we can have him yeah. in Pizza Fridays. Oh, with, uh, exactly. With Van Pelt, it it seems to me that they're like an out of nowhere hire, and I don't know if it's other guys turn the Patriots down, if the or if the Patriots interviewed all these guys, they didn't really like anybody. And then they were like, well, at least this guy has been in the league and has experience, so it's not someone who's going to show up and have no idea what he's doing. So, I mean, I guess there's that, but I don't know. I am, you know, not to go all negative, I am glad it's not Bill O'Brien once again. You know, he goes to Ohio State. He saw the writing on the wall. Uh, I'm glad it's not. they're not trying to trot back Bill O'Brien. I'm glad they're not bringing back Josh McDaniels. I think they need they needed some fresh blood. Now, how like whether you think Alex Van Pelt's going to be this great solution or not? I just I would have been more upset if it was a retread guy. If it was like, oh, here we go again. Now the whole staff is guys that worked for Bill Belichick. At least at the very least, the one positive thing I could say about Alex Van Pelt of all the coaches he has coached under in his entire career, none of them were Bill Belichick. So I'm good with that. Their defense was good. If they want to keep defensive guys like Covington, fine. Mayo, Covington, fine. Run the defense. Hopefully the defense is good. The offense needs to change. I'm just curious if it's going to be under Alex Van Pelt. You know, not a lot of those offenses. Now, when he's a QB coach, like how much credit or blame can you really give him? Uh, But, you know, his few times as as coordinators, I don't know. He doesn't really blow you away. You don't look at that Cleveland offense. You're like, yes, that's that's the offense you want. Cleveland's had some really good offensive lines over the last few years. They got one of the best running backs in the league. They added uh, big time talent in Amari Cooper. So they've had they've had more talent. They've kind of yo-yoed quarterbacks. They haven't really stuck with any quarterbacks. And you know, Hart and I were pointing out Baker Mayfield actually played his best football in Cleveland his first year, and Van Pelt wasn't there. Like two years later, Van Pelt comes in and Baker Mayfield 
wasn't as good. So, I mean, the important thing is who the new quarterback is going to be. You know, as much as the attention was on head coach, and as it should be, the very important position, GM, offensive coordinator, quarterback, is probably going to tell you how far you're getting in the in the league today. And they still don't really have, they still don't have a GM. They got a bunch of guys kind of making those decisions. They don't have a quarterback yet, but the draft's coming up uh, end of April, and they just brought in Alex Van Pelt. So how are you guys feeling about Van Pelt? How do you feel about this Patriots offseason approach to this point? 617-779-7937. And there's some uh, word out there about just how much input Van Pelt now might have in choosing the next quarterback. We will get to that. It is a full throttle Friday. So any uh, leftover thoughts from the week? But we're certainly talking to Alex Van Pelt tonight and Theo Epstein rejoining the Red Sox in the uh, ownership group. Uh, it's the Rich Keefe Show on a Friday. Right now it is time for Stiz with What's Trending. Your home of the Sox. Now, here's What's Trending on WEEI. All right, let's get you caught up with some headlines. Rough night at the Garden for the Celtics last night as they lost to a LeBron James-less Lakers 114-105. Austin Reeves delivered the offense for Los Angeles, setting a career high from the distance with seven three-pointers. Celtics back on the court Sunday night when they'll host the Grizzlies. Tip-off at 6 p.m. from Causeway Street. Some possible good news for the Red Sox fans. Uh, Rich briefly touched on it earlier. We'll get into it more as the show goes on. One-time Sox general manager Theo Epstein returning to the organization, taking part ownership in Fenway Sports Group in a senior advisory role. Epstein will work on sports initiatives across the business holdings, which include Liverpool, the Pittsburgh Penguins, RFK Racing, TGL's Boston Common Golf, and a recently acquired stake in the PGA Tour in addition to the Red Sox. The Patriots now have all the pieces besides a general manager in place. As yesterday, the team the team announced that they've hired Alex Van Pelt as their new offensive coordinator. Jeremy Springer will be the team's special teams coordinator and Demarcus Covington, their new defensive coordinator. Also from Field Yates earlier today, two Patriots assistants, running back coach Vinny Sinceri and linebackers coach Steve Belichick, they're interviewing for defensive jobs on Jed Fish's staff at the University of Washington today. Belichick called plays for the Patriots defense each of the past four seasons, while Sinceri has coached on both sides of the ball. And the NHL skills competition starts tonight. Both David Pasternak and Jeremy Swayman will be representing the Bruins. Uh, and the NHL All-Star Game goes down tomorrow afternoon at 3 p.m. I'm Stiz. That's just trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Rich Keefe Show coming up. You can stream the show or listen on demand anytime. Just download the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Say WEI is a favorite and listen wherever you go. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEI. Back here on the Rich Keefe Show, WEI. Take you up till uh, 9 o'clock tonight. And we have uh, there's ESPN2 on in here, and they were showing Super Bowl bets already. And there was a guy on there named Mike Clay. And his pick, now I have the sound off, so maybe they were discussing it. His pick was Christian McCaffrey anytime touchdown at minus 230. Minus 230? How does that make any sense to anybody? So basically, you would have to bet $230 to win 100 how can that be your bet? How can you be? How can you go on television and be like, "This is this is my bet"? Yeah, it doesn't seem like uh, sound betting advice. No, 
I mean, the risk reward there. I, I don't. I don't get it. But listen, what do I know? People should probably tune in to the Rich Key Show Bet Du Jour every That's right. night. That's right. Coming up in about uh, twenty-five minutes or so, we will try to get some more winners on the board. Anything for the uh, for the weekend? But uh, still discussing the Alex Van Pelt hiring by the Patriots. To me, it came out of nowhere because we had heard. All these different candidates, a number of them started to get other jobs, right? Zach Robinson went down to Atlanta. Shane Waldron went to Chicago. Dan Pitcher stayed in Cincinnati. A couple of other guys decided to stay. Uh, it was like Jeremiah Johnson stayed as a QB East coach, of all things, with the Texans. So a few of these guys started to stay. There was still about six out there that they had talked to. And it looked like, all right, it might be Nick Cayley, who I wasn't as high on as like Andy Hart was, I like the fact that he was with uh, Sean McVay for a year, but it was only a year. So he is a little bit closer to like a retread, even though he didn't have play calling responsibilities there or here. And maybe he saw how things were done here. And I'm sure he didn't like how they were done here, especially in 2022. But it seemed like he might be the last man standing. And then the next thing you know, it is not Nick Cayley. It is Alex Van Pelt of all people. I was uh, not ready for that. Now, he's been in the league for a uh, long time. He's held that position a couple of times, including most recently with Cleveland. And so now the Alex Van Pelt era begins. Here was Ian Rappaport on the NFL Network earlier today on uh, Van Pelt. He's really the perfect Patriots-type coach. Former player. He loves football. Like, this is a guy who absolutely loves football. Is a total football tape nerd, uh, history football nerd. Like, this is a guy who lives and breathes it, which is literally perfect for the New England Patriots. And, you know, I don't know why it's like this, but whenever there's a defensive coach hired, all anyone talks about is like, all right, well, who's their coordinator going to be? We don't do the opposite when an offensive coach is hired. We don't go, well, they got to get the defense right. But we do it in this case. So in this instance, it does seem like Gerard Mayo got it right. I mean, we focus a lot on, like, who's actually calling the plays. Alex Finpel was intricately involved in setting up, designing, and implementing implementing. This Browns offense, he is an excellent quarterback tutor, and the fact that he's going to have a heavy hand in the future franchise quarterback for the Patriots, very important in New England. So there you go. He's going to have an impact on the this next quarterback, clearly, and uh, who that's going to be, we'll see. I mean, if they just stay at three, they're kind of just taking whoever's left over, right? They're kind of putting the decision more in Chicago and Washington's hands than really theirs. Now, if they try to trade up, that's different. If they trade down, if they get involved in like the Justin Fields trade, or if they sign one of these free agents, that is all a completely different story. So a lot, there's a lot of fluff in there with what Rapport was saying. I mean, he's like, oh, uh, the, the Patriots love me as a former player. The Patriots actually, before they brought on Gerard Mayo and Troy Brown, there was a time, I don't know if it was a couple of seasons, they were the only team in the NFL that didn't have a former player on their entire staff. Like, like Bill, Josh, Matt. Uh, Bill's kids, like n- none of those guys played in the league. And so I don't know what he was really getting at there. Alex Van Pelt did play in the league. And he's really good with quarterbacks. Like, is he? <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know. Like, what's the proof that he's good with quarterbacks? He coached Josh Freeman. Next thing you know, Josh Freeman's out of the league. He coached Baker Mayfield to one of his worst seasons with, uh, with the Browns. He coached, you know, Deshaun Watson, and he didn't look the same. Now, I, I wouldn't expect him to look the same after taking a year off from football. Uh, like Aaron Rodgers was already great. Trent Edwards fizzled out of the league. So I don't know. I mean, I guess I'll take your word for it that he's great with quarterbacks. I don't really know that to be 100% sure. And according to Albert Breer, he was the glue guy 
in Cleveland. Glue guy. Yeah, the glue guy. Okay. What does that get you? Held everything together. All right. Is what I'm gathering. Hey, Cleveland uh, Cleveland had a pretty good season. Better season than I thought they were going to have. And, you know, the Deshaun Watson thing is really just a mess from Jump Street. They never should have brought that guy in. But apparently he was the glue guy. Uh, so good at holding things together that they fired him. <laughs> <laughs> like they, they yeah. fired him. So, I mean, take that for, for whatever it's worth. Cle- Cle- the Cleveland Browns are ready to move on from this guy. And then the Patriots, out of nowhere... Bring them in. Uh, let's go to the phones on this one. 617-779-7937. Joe's in the car. What do you got, Joe? Rich, I want to tell you something, boss. Yeah. This team's a joke, buddy. It's huh? a joke, man. Van Pelt, who is this guy? You know, not this New England Patriots team, that was a dynasty, man. I mean, it's becoming a laughing stock. You got coaches that don't want to come here. They're picking up scraps. They're picking up guys off the street. They're going around every block. Hey, you want to coach for the Patriots? Come on. You got a job. You know, I mean, this is ridiculous. I, I, I can't believe what I'm, what I'm seeing. I, I can't believe. I knew they were going to be bad. But I want to tell you something, Richie. Yeah. They better open up their wallets because, you know what, if I was a player, I would come to the Patriots. But I'm going to tell you something. They better pay me a lot of money. Don't start giving me any discounts because I ain't. Uh, there's no reason why you gonna you would want to come here. Oh, unless, that's all, yeah. Unless, like I said, you know what I mean. That's 100 percent true. Yeah. All right, there you go. Now that's definitely true. I mean, even a couple of years ago, you know, Tom Brady wasn't here. They had to overpay. They got they got a good player in Matt Judon. They overpaid for everybody else. You know, they're bringing in Nelson Aguilar, and then they're getting rid of him as soon as they can. So yeah, they're gonna have to overspend. I mean, I don't know. They didn't make the uh, contracts public, but my guess would be. Gerard Mayo, Alex Van Pelt, Demarcus Covington, as uh, low on the pay scale as any head coach OCDC in the NFL. Would have to be. You essentially took a D-line coach, made him a coordinator, first time. You took a linebacker coach, made him a head coach for the first time. And then Alex Van Pelt, who got fired by the Browns. I don't think people are lining up to bring in Alex Van Pelt. So I, I bet they're saving money there. The quite, I mean... But they need to get players. So, like, to go back to Joe's point, like, they need to spend money on players. Otherwise, no one's going to come here. I, I, It'd be fascinating to know how many guys that they interviewed for the OC turned them down or tried to, you know, haggle with them or didn't like everything that was being presented to them. I wonder, you know, because we're the, it's definitely not a, a great job necessarily, but... They have the third pick in the draft, so I think it, it quickly could turn into one. And if Gerard Mayo's right about burning cash, you might be able to try to quick fix it as, as soon as possible. You might draft three offensive guys in the first three rounds. You might spend money in free agency on offensive players. And then suddenly it's not that bad of a job. But we'll see what uh, what Alex Van Pelt could do with it. David's in the car. He joins us next on Van Pelt. What do you got, David? Hey, good evening, Rich. Thank you for taking the call, as yep. always. Yep. So yeah, I'm very concerned with it. With I'm very concerned with mm-hmm. this guy, and he doesn't have experience. I mean, first of all, he if, oh, he was a, he played the game. How, how long ago? How long ago did he play the game? A while ago. Okay, where is he gonna? Yeah, so where is he gonna adapt to the new players? Like what Belichick supposedly wasn't doing. I mean, this is sad. And then I, that caller just made Joe, I believe his name was. Yep. He just made a good point. They're just picking up scrap. Nobody wants to come here. There's not. You don't have a team. You don't have. 
you don't have a quarterback, you don't have all line, you don't have nothing. So why would anybody actually want to come here who's who's been a true offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator or anything like that, a head coach? Why would they even want to come here? There's nothing uh, for them to come to. They would. You don't have Brady. No, they would. You don't have Belichick. Right. Uh, that, that's why. Like, in, especially on offense, defense. I think you can look at it a little bit different, but I think on offense. Every, like the the trend around the league is not just you know the Rams Niners offense, but it's kind of like these these young guns. It's like these guys that were uh, barely in the league. They've been in the league two three years, and then the next thing you know, boom, they're an offensive coordinator. Or boom, they're a head coach. Because if they're good at calling plays, somebody's going to pluck them to develop their quarterback. That's just how it goes. And so Van Pelt's fifty three years old. Uh, he played in the league from ninety three to oh three. And then he got into coaching pretty soon thereafter. He actually did radio. He uh, a couple of years he was the color guy for the Bills. Oh wow! How do you like that? Okay. So, so he, a pair of ours. Yeah, hell yeah! Come on the show if you want. And uh, yeah, he's been he's been all over the league. He's not one of these uh, upstart thirty four year old guys primed to be a head coach. No, he's been essentially a quarterbacks coach throughout his entire career, multiple franchises, offensive coordinator for a team that he didn't call the plays for, right? And I can't, again, I, I, I mentioned that only just for full, you know, as uh, much info on this guy as we can have because that's not the biggest knock in the world because if you are the OC for Mike McDaniel or Kyle Shannon or Sean McVay, guess what? You're also not calling the plays. So it's not the end of the world, but it's more, you know, he's not this hotshot candidate. I don't know how many even interviews he did. You didn't really hear his name at all. It was just like he was out with Cleveland, quiet, 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 signs with the Pats. Like, okay, all right. And I thought I saw today uh, someone said it, I forget who, but that it essentially went quick. Like the Patriots hired this guy pretty quickly. Like it was one interview, then another one, you're hired. Yeah, it's strange. And I just wonder if they negotiated with any other candidates and it just kind of fell apart. Maybe there was some they didn't like. Maybe there was others that were just like, mm, we don't really like the fit here. And then you're kind of crossing names off, and you're like, wait a minute, we just interviewed a dozen people, and it's not going to work with any of them? Scramble, 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 <laughs> and then he land on... AVP. AVP. Can we call him that? Is that what we're calling him now? Yeah, so I, I saw Cadillac saying that earlier. I'm definitely on board, AVP. AVP? Yeah. Did he have any other nicknames as a player? That's always the question. Let's pull up the old football reference page for AVP. <laughs> see what he was dealing with here. Oh, look at this. He does have a nickname. Uh-oh. Pill. Pill? P-I-L-L? Yeah, Pill. What? Yeah, I don't know. His name is Gregory Alexander Van Pelt, and the kids call him Pill. We're going uh, with that? No. No. Absolutely not. Yeah, because that could have some other kind of connotation. I don't know. But Pro Football Reference usually does a pretty good job with the nicknames, and they got him as uh, Pill. Oh, I believe that was his nickname. <laughs> but now I might be even worse on him than I was I know. two minutes ago. Pill. We call him Glue. I mean, he's a glue yeah, guy. Glue. <laughs> Just start calling him Glue. Yeah, I'm excited to, uh, to hear from I don't know when. Are they going to hold a press conference for him? Are they going to get all the coordinators on there? I haven't read anything about that. I doubt it. Well, you would know more than me, I No, guess. you might be right. I mean, they had the Mayo one. That, that's a huge deal. The head coach, that's a huge deal. Coordinators, I'm not sure. And the fact that there's no real GM yet either, like, I wonder who we're going to hear from after the draft. Now, that's not so... Well, we're in February, so it's a couple months away. End of end of April, they usually at the end of each round, somebody speaks. So, it, it, you know, every once in a while it was Bill, 
but it used to be like Nick Casario. I think Mac Rowe did it the last couple of years. So if he's still if he's still here, which looks like he is, might just be Mac Rowe. But at some point, I would like to hear from from AVP or or Pill. Uh, let's go to the phones again. We got Ray and Revere. What's going on, Ray? Hey guys, listen, I'm underwhelmed with this um, post Belichick process with with Kraft. Yeah. Um, I think you just said it. I, I would have started with the GM and then gone from there. It seems like he's just promoting a bunch of underlings who aren't paying a lot of money. And, um, you know, it's not one of these whiz kid offensive guys. No. Um, when I look at what, the, what I think should have been done, I think the commanders have shown it, okay? They started shedding players midseason, picked up extra draft picks. They hired the top GM candidate. The Peters from San Francisco from a reputable organization, mm-hmm. and they've got extra picks and money. And um, yeah, I, I think that's the way Kraft should have gone. And I don't understand why he hasn't hired a general manager, other than it seems like he doesn't want to spend, and he just absorbed the twenty-five million he owes Belichick. And his track record is that he doesn't spend. Mm-hmm. They were last in spending in the last ten years in the NFL. And um, actually, before Brady came along, he tried to move the team to get the city to pay for a stadium. So um, I'm underwhelmed by Robert Kraft. I, I think he was the least significant of the big three, and I think he's been exposed. Well, thanks, yeah, thanks for the call, Ray. I mean, definitely if you're if you're ranking the importance of them for the dynasty, I mean, he's third. I mean, he's still important. He's the owner of the team. But the quarterback and the head coach, I would say, are certainly more important. And you're like – how much they spend this off season. So you can't just be like, hey, we made these major changes. They you know, they had the uh the email to season ticket holders, you know, how disappointing they were last year, worst year in thirty years with the franchise, and they're gonna make sure they made changes. It's like, well, it's basically Bill Belichick. <laughs> Bill Belichick, Bill O'Brien out. That's that's a massive change. But if you just go about your business in a similar way, you know, not not spending big in free agency you know, in and kind of cheaping out and cutting corners and like you're not gonna turn things around. You're not gonna be able to do it. When you had the best coach and you had the best quarterback, specifically the best quarterback, you could make up for bad drafts. You could make up for not going crazy in free agency and, and maybe not having the most talented skill groups or the most talented whatever uh position groups. Now, I mean you need all the help you can get. You don't even know who the quarterback's gonna be. And I the GM thing is aw, it just feels like it's inevitable that Mac Rowe or Elliot Wolf, guys who have been here are just going to be all of a sudden like, hey, you've been kind of doing the job without the title. Now you have the title. 100%. It's like when Missoula was the interim coach. He's like, oh, now you're the guy. But because otherwise, can you imagine bringing in a guy or gal in the next two months and be like, hey, we're glad you're here. We already hired a brand new head coach, a brand new D coordinator, a brand new offensive coordinator. And who knows if they don't, you know, they might even have the number three pick by the time the GM comes in. So it has to be somebody that's in house. And then I think we're going to really start to learn too. How much did the, did Bill Belichick and macro Elliot Wolf see eye to eye? How much did they not, you know, if they go into uh, the draft and trade up to the number one pick, because people are getting cold feet about Caleb Williams and they trade up, they trade multiple ones to get Caleb Williams They'll be like, holy smokes, that is a very uh, anti-Bill Belichick way of going about the draft. Then I'd feel like that is very different. If they trade down and then they're kind of like pinching pennies in free agency, then you'd be like, wait a minute, this is the same thing. I think we're going to see a lot of playing it safe. Yeah, 
I think I think you might be right. It kind of feels like what so far what they've done. Like Van Pelt's just such a strange one. It's not it's not a big swing, right? It's not one of these uh, wonderkins that everybody wants to bring in, like the Doogie Hauser of uh, offense. It's not any of those guys. Uh, I mean, it's a better hire than you know a former defensive coordinator like Matt Patricia. It makes Matt Patricia Joe Judge look a lot better. So it's not the worst possible hire. I know Hart yesterday was saying it's the worst possible hire. I didn't want Josh McDaniels back. I certainly didn't want Bill O'Brien back. No means I want Joe Judge or Matt Patricia back. It's a a low bar. I just didn't want any of the recent offensive coordinators to get another crack at it. So he's not those guys. So I guess you you have that. But it's certainly not one that instills like a lot of confidence. Nobody's like, yeah, hell yeah. The guy from the Browns? Oh, they got the guy from the Browns? Like, no. That, that that doesn't exist. I also wonder, too, with his history, working with a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of different quarterbacks, does he – what's his opinion of Mac Jones? And if he likes Mac Jones or wants to give Mac Jones another crack at it, that also terrifies me. And I don't know. He might come in and be like, hey, that guy's that guy's broken. You don't want to – don't even worry about that guy. Let's Let's move on. But if he thinks he can fix him or if he thinks like, hey, he's worth keeping around, that's a real problem. The closer this team looks to last year's team and it's like just Bill gone or the two Bills, I guess, in this case, that the less I'd like it. Like they need to move on from as many of the pieces on uh, offense in particular as they can. And that one seems like a like an easy one. I saw the uh, the Jets. There's a report the Jets think they're going to get a lot of trade offers for Zach Wilson. I doubt it. I doubt it. I also don't think the Patriots are going to get a lot of trade options for Mac Jones, but there might be, it all it takes is one and maybe you can get like a day three pick and everybody washes their hands. Hey, we'll take the pick. You take a player in the last year of his deal and, and kind of go from there. 617-779-7937 is the number to jump aboard here tonight. You can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Rich Keefe show, and you can watch the show on Twitch. Just go to twitch.tv slash Boston. Yeah. get all the shows from six a all the way up until 10p so we will uh, come back uh, take more of your phone calls we'll also try to win some money with our bet du jour on the way next here on weei you can watch the show anytime via our live stream on twitch just go to twitch.tv slash boston weei and check out weei on youtube for our video on demand content updated daily now more of the rich keith show on weei Keep show WEEI. It's a full throttle Friday. We're gonna get to the big Red Sox news, and there really was big Red Sox news. I said that was zero sarcasm. Coming up at uh, seven o'clock, we'll do that. We have some bets to get to uh, in the meantime, but let's go to the phones right now. Hollis in Connecticut joins us. What's going on, Hollis? Good. Just figured I'd reach on in because I mean, I don't know. I've been one of those fans where I grew up in the generation of. Tom Brady and the holiness of having a great Patriots team. Uh, my dad was always one of those ones where you'd be in tough games like Jacksonville before we got to the Eagles Super Bowl. Never knew if we were going to really win them and, you know, always great times. But uh, biggest thing I always have to say is out of this last season, I think we saw towards the end of the year, 
just how great that Bill Belichick put our team together to at least hold up on the defensive and special team side. We may not have had all the weapons on offense we need, but I'll say one thing. Uh, it's uh, going to be a very tough stretch here for, I'd say, the next five, six years, uh, going with very new coaches, uh, whole new regime, trying to break away from something that worked for so long and so well. Uh, I don't know exactly what you guys feel on that end, but, I mean, my thought was Belichick staying and, and really running back and trying to do what we could to get back to more of a two-tight end set and running the ball and being able to kind of play action out of it. Uh, let you guys the rest of it. All right, thanks, Hollis. So I uh, agree with half of that. I think the ship had sailed on Belichick. I did not want to bring him back. Four and thirteen this year, but really, three of the last four years have been a mess. The drafts have been overall bad. The free agent signings have been bad. The uh, mostly bad. The trades have been bad. Like it, it, the roster is bad because of Bill Belichick. Uh, the, even the coaching staff hires over the last couple of years, bad. So I, I was ready to move on there. But his point about it could be a rough five or six years, you damn rights. Damn rights it could be. I mean, who they pick, if they end up going quarterback at number three, and if that guy's not very good, we've seen it, you know, around the league. First round pick, not very good, whether it's the Jets, Bills, Dolphins, those guys, they, they're back at it again. Another cycle goes through, you got to find that guy again. So, so much of it just comes down to, this pick, this high draft pick, the highest they've picked since 1993. And if they hit on this player, then, you know, you hit on a couple of other, whether it's another draft pick, another free agent signing, or whatever it might be, then maybe you start to turn around. The league wants teams to go from worst to first. The league sets it up in a way where they, they desperately want parity. They don't want teams, that, even though they do. We see teams all the time have these long droughts. That's why everybody is rooting for the Lions this year. But for the most part, they want teams to be able to to turn it around, but yeah, right now I don't have a I don't have a ton of faith. I mean, they still have a whole draft and off season, so we'll see what the roster looks like. All the teams could could change, but right now it doesn't look doesn't look great. All right, let's mix in a uh, a bet du jour. What is that? Great question. It is the bet of the day where we try to find some winners. My streak came to an end last night. I made ah, I was stupid. Made a real stupid, real dumb call on Austin Reeves under. He was the only guy playing last night, and he hit the over. Quickly, I think in three quarters he hit the over. I'm going back to the NBA tonight. Uh, I'm going to go with in a uh, revenge game of sorts. You have Kings and Pacers tonight. One of the uh, great recent trades where both teams ended up getting a stud player. I'm going to take Demontis Sabonis back in Indiana over 21 and a half points tonight against the Pacers. So I'm going Sabonis over 21 and a half. Stiz. All right, NHL uh, All-Star game tomorrow, Team McKinnon versus Team McDavid. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. go with Team McKinnon. They're minus 1.5, plus 160. Yeah, so hockey All-Star game, it's like four teams, right? They're like captained. Yep. And then the winners of each play in the finals after that. That's yep. the deal? Right. Yep. Yeah, so you got the NHL All-Star events and the uh, what are the Pro Bowl games this weekend. That's People are going to be all fired yeah, up. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> gonna... sk- the NHL skills uh, competitions tonight. Yeah, I'll give that a go. Pasta right? knockout there. Pasta swimming. Yeah, I'll watch that. I'll watch a little, little skills. It's not too bad. Uh, yeah, it's that weird that weird weekend with no Super Bowl, you know, no football at all. Uh, we'll get there. We're, we're, we're sneaking up on it. All right, let's go back to the phones. We got Dave in the car. He joins us next. What do you got, Dave? Hey, Rich. This is happy Friday. Yeah, you too. So... 
so uh, you seem a little down about the Alex Van Pelt signing, yeah. and I'm I'm a little shocked myself. But I was looking for just something different. The past couple of years, you know, we've hit the rock bottom with the team. Something other than Bill, kind of what I wanted. And now here is my spin. Okay. As low as we can, we have a extremely offensive draft, wide receiver, quarterback, you know, a couple of fill-ins, tight end, and then everybody's learning together. And if it's a complete dumpster fire, we're top five draft pick again next year. <laughs> See, I guess. Yeah. 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 You might be right, Dave. You might be right. Worst case scenario, the team's trash again and you're picking real high. That's true. Uh, that, that is, uh, that is true. Four and 13 was rough. And not only was it rough, it was just the way the games played out too. Out of 17 games, how many were even entertaining? Like that was, that was rough. I mean, we just came off a 20 year stretch where they were a wagon. They were going to go to the conference championship game basically every year. And then it was like every other year, they're going to go to the Super Bowl. Never going to get that again. Like that's next level stuff. But then this past year, it got to the point where I don't know. Like what a, what a way to spend three hours on a Sunday. It was just and a that's tough been go. Andy's big point. And yes. I totally agree. Like yes. just entertain me at the very least. They didn't. They didn't. And so that's why. Like a Jaden Daniels at number three overall, that gives you that that boost. Now, problem is like, what is he going to have around him? Like, is he going to be set up to succeed? Is Alex Van Pelt uh, really a QB whisperer, or is he just a nice guy? Like, so much of the commentary about Alex Van Pelt, you mentioned glue guy, nice guy, no ego, this, that, and the other thing. I haven't heard crap about like really good for, like, receivers or, like, tight ends thrive in his offense or look at the running back. Or, Actual like, skills. Nothing. I haven't heard anything. Great guy. I love that. That's awesome. It's good. It's nice to be nice. Nice sense of style, I hear. Good style. <laughs> Looks like a million bucks, this guy. Can he coach football? TBD. We got to wait and find out. And so uh, Alex Van Pelt, uh, at least, I mean, you're not having all rookies on the coaching staff. He does provide some experience, so there's at least that. It's not like you have the uh, 35 and under coaching the team. You do have a guy who's been in the league, seen a lot of different things. But man, it's going to look uh, it's going to look different on offense next year for for sure. It was going to no matter what. And uh now we'll see uh what they bring in talent-wise and there's a whole list of quarterbacks that are going to be available for him whether it's the draft, free agency, and I just hope they go in that route and not try to polish off any of the guys that are that are here and say like, hey, no, these guys are going to be good. They'll they'll be fine because they are not going to be fine. I don't want Mac Jones. Don't want Bailey Zappi. All right, there you go. One hour down. Just two hours to go tonight here on this full throttle Friday. We're going to talk some Red Sox because there really legitimately was some big Red Sox news as Theo Epstein is back, but in what capacity? We'll get to that coming up next year on Weei.